and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast, episode 230. Woo! No, no. Is that well, right? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, it is that's... right. I have no idea what well, numbers are anymore. Well, thanks for ruining my shit. Whoa! <laughs> it's on a roll there. Ah! I could have sworn it was like 280. I was like, wait, that can't be right. Yeah, I also <laughs> thought it was way higher than it is. That's going to be towards the end of Voyager, isn't it? <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, I don't know. I've got the spreadsheet open, but I also, I don't care. It's 2.30. It's also 3.12. Actually, it's quarter past three. Cha-cha. Hey. Anyway, in my name is Jake, order. and mm-hmm. I'm joined today in this quest by... Chris. Ames. And Caitlin. Ha-cha-cha. Ha-cha. Thanks. Thanks, friends. Thanks for joining. Thank you, Jake, today. friend. Topic for, for today us. is Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Whoa. We're going to talk about two episodes in the final arc bro i'm so sad that it's almost over in the end game so we have strange bedfellows oh no and the changing face of evil Uh, like it were the fruits of the devil yeah evil Uh, and i think you know like last week it's kind of hard to differentiate all the stuff that happened in these episodes, and so maybe we'll just do one summary yeah. of both. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I'm Sounds glad, perfect. I'm glad to do it that way because I realized when I was taking my notes, I totally wrote all the wrong notes on the wrong cards. So oh, it's no. all blurs together anyway. Oh, what'd you do? Right. Well, anyway, in these two episodes, again, Strange Bedfellows and The Changing Face of Bedfellows, <laughs> we pick up where we left off. Worf and Ezri Dax Sitting are in a tree. Sitting in a tree. Dangling F-I-G-H-T-I-N-G. Um, yeah, they're, they're arguing still, but they're, they're, you know, they're being held prisoner. We find out that the Breen have now joined the war. We found this out last week, but but now it's official, and 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 Ezri and and Worf find out, and um, they're being held prisoner. Still, they get flown to Cardassia, where they're awaiting execution. Well, basically, you know, Wayun comes in. He's like, "Hey, listen, guys, you get two choices. Either you tell me everything you know about Federation war, so that we can win this bitch." Or I'm going to let Damar kill you. I and hope that gonna, Cardassian gonna, lawyer comes back. Yeah. I said the same thing. Hell uh, yeah. He's like, we'll have a trial. It doesn't matter about the charges. You're going to be guilty. And uh, Worf isn't having any of that. He's having so little of that that he just he just kills Wayun. I love it. It was, kills it was him. amazing. So I missed it. Off. I like wasn't I was I'll admit that I was painting my nails during the first part of this episode. So Chris is like, did you see that? I'm like, no, what? And he's like, well, you got to see this. And I was just kind of like rolling my eyes like, yeah, great. I missed some little sight thing. But then he showed it to me. and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> he just killed the fuck out of that guy. So at any rate. And Damar and laughed think, his fucking yeah, ass you'd off. You think that would be bad for them, but it actually endeared uh, endeared them to Damar. Um, <laughs> nice. Because. uh he was he he's also had enough of Wayun's shit. And especially now with this whole Breen thing going on, Wayun's coming in and making all these plans and giving away Cardassian territories that don't belong to him, but Damar's like, Hey, you can't just give away these territories and Wayun's like, 
bitch. It's You're like, in the oh, Dominion now. I? I can do whatever I want. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, so Damar is not all that sad to see uh, to see the end of uh, Wayun Wayun Seven. Yep. I guess yeah. that was. But he's soon replaced by Wayun Eight. Like immediately. Uh, is, like immediately. You know, they just like you know got him out of bed. Thought about real quick. And uh, yeah, wait. So Wayun Eight is uh, you know same same old Wayun. You know, no no special special stuff this time. Pretty as far as we know. Um, Isn't being a Wayun special enough? Aww. It's true. What more do you want? So again, Damar is still not that impressed with this Wayun. Meanwhile, you know, Ezri and, and uh, Worf continue to make escape attempts. They take apart a bed, you use it to hot wire the door, and then kill a couple of guards. But then they they get caught. And then they're left without a bed, so they have to lay on the floor and argue about bullshit. Yep, so much. And then uh, Damar comes and is like, hey, time for that execution I promised. And they're like, all right, fine. (laughs) Five more minutes. (laughs) They're walking down the hall to the execution, and uh, Damar kills the two Jem'Hadar baddies. Yeah, in another blink-and-you-miss-it moment. Yeah, he he takes out the Jem'Hadar escort. (laughs) And he's like, you know, hey... I got an escape ship waiting for you. And uh, so you take that, take that thing to Deep Space Nine, get the fuck out of here. And hey, when you see Cisco, let him know he's got a friend Aww. in me. Yeah. I got a friend in me. It's not even that. It's that you have an enemy in the Dominion and me the, too. Well, the enemy of yep. my enemy is my friend. Yep, yep. So yeah, so they Randy Newman the whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, and they make it back to Deep Space Nine just in time for the next episode, Changing Face of Evil. So I'm just finished with their storyline. I mean, that's really sure. basically it for Ezri and Worf. They, not much else happens with them specifically. They both ogle Julian for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There's a, well, you know, one the ogles, one scrutinizes. Yes. I know they're not looking at them. They're not looking at Julian through the same eyes. Anyway, back on Cardassia, it turns out that... Uh, um, shit, I can't remember the, how, the order of things. So no, me neither. It's might, all one blur. This might be out yeah. of order. So Damar, you know, is like, he does a, he does a, a, a emergency broadcast presidential alert system and is like, attention, all, well, everybody. <laughs> and, um, by the way, I'm the head of Cardassia and we're member of the Dominion, but fuck those guys. That's literally They're the last scene up. of the episode. It it's is, fine. yeah, you've, you've really... Part, you've yeah, really I'm doing that. it storyline by storyline, yeah. like Chris did last week. This okay. is the end of Damar. Yeah, but you missed all of his chatting with his Cardassian friend. Okay, yeah, Damar... Okay, so fine, whatever. Damar uh, is clearly plotting some kind of resistance. He's got a new friend who is another Cardassian. Who looks a lot like Bobby Moynihan. Sure. Who? Uh, he's a he's an SNL actor. So they're sure. like planning planning a little resistance to the Dominion, which is announced at the end of the episode. And oh, they, that announcement! And they make a big announcement about it. And it turns out that their their coming out party was to go and blow up the cloning facility where they make the Wayuns. Oh yeah, so, it was fucking uh, great. Wayuns, uh, Wayuns, Wayun eight. eight is feeling a little sad that he might not be. There might not be a Wayun uh, nine. But while also somehow feeling more turned on than he ever has in his life, I think, like he he blew that up because he knew that's where they kept the extra me's. Fucking adore Jeffrey Combs and all. It's like of this. he's mad but has a boner. Like he's both. He's it's very complicated feelings. Um, and I, yes, I too love Jeffrey Combs very very much. He has like fast become one of my favorite parts of the show. Anyway, Jake, sorry, honey, Jake. Is so away. rewinding oh. back to the beginning of the episode, back on Deep Space Nine, 
Trouble in Paradise. Because... Jesus, I'll say. Cisco's married to Cassidy, and it turns out she can't cook for shit. And mm-hmm. oh, fucks up all his peppers. And, and he's a domineering piece of shit and won't let her live her life. And uh, and wants her to do all the emissary shit that she's not Yeah, and wants her to be like, like no. oh, by the way, you're married to me now, so you gotta go do some fucking blessing. So, in essence, we now have learned that... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and, and Quark, Quark is like, you know, marriage changes everything, and clearly in this case, it did. Was that But Quark they still love each other. Or um, both? Well, yeah, Martok gives uh, Cisco a, a quote-unquote pep talk where he talks about how much of a bitch his wife is <laughs> for like five minutes. <laughs> that, and bitch, she... that bitch killed my dog. Yeah, killed his dog. I have thoughts on that. Remind me. Um, okay. So yeah, Martok, great, great at like, uh, and he's like, oh, and I love her. It's like Jesus Christ! That's the thing. Thanks, into it. Like, yeah, he is totally punishment. okay with all of it. I would kill more dogs for her. Oh, um, Martok, stop it! So, but all, yeah, please all, stop um, killing the dogs. But you know, peppers are Cisco's targ, <laughs> um, and and Cassidy yeah, but the kills difference them. Is, is he's like, I could grow more peppers, but that fucking bitch, uh, <laughs> hate her. Hate that fucking bitch. But it's okay, you know. They kind of work out their marital situation, and you know, by the end, they're they're okay. For now. Uh, also, with uh, Cisco and company, there's a uh, there, there's the the Dominions making a making a, a play for that Chintaka system that we fought so hard to get at. So we're gonna have to send a send a little uh, armada over there and uh, shut that shit down. So we we all we head off into battle and. This is after the Breen attack, right? Oh yeah, the Breen attack on Earth. Oh, oh yeah, the they Breen attack. They fucked up the Golden Earth. Gate That's Bridge. Right. Those yeah, pricks. They, fuck, they fucking bent it. Yeah, Terrible. they, they wrecked damn that you hell. all to hell. They wrecked that matte painting. Like whoa. Yeah, yeah. the Breen attack Earth. So everyone's a little pissed off about that. So they're like, let's go give them a spanking in the Chintaka system. Mm. So they go to Chintaka, and everyone's there, and the Breen are there. And turns out, remember last week, we were wondering, wonder why the Breen joining the war changes everything. Turns out, the Breen yeah. have a weapon yeah. that can just shut down your ship. Yikes. Doesn't matter if you got shields or anything, it just turns it off. Just Definitely like, does fucking... change everything, doesn't it? The Breen so they, they called make... up Star Wars, where they got their costumes from, and said, can we borrow an ion cannon? Sure. Yeah, so it changes I'm Sure, we'll talk about that in the future. <laughs> so yeah, they um they shut down the, th- the ships... Blow them up. They destroy, like destroy the Defiant. Like it's, I mean, it's not, it's not adrift, but salvageable. It's just gone. So sad. Uh, I mean, Warp didn't even get to say ramming speed. (laughs) I made a ramming speed joke, and I remember what it was. He was like, "Oh, I'm preparing the cannons," and I'm like, "Okay, but are you ready to to uh, to be at ramming speed?" Yeah, there was no chance at ramming speed this time. And female. Changeling bitch decides to let the survivors live, and I was like, "That's new." Yeah, yeah that that's a, a really stupid choice she made. Yeah, I mean, I like, understand what she was thinking, but we'll talk about it. No, yeah, because like, it's just because you know they'll go and tell the others. They'll warn the uh, you know they'll tell the others, and then they'll be scared. And it's like, well, that, you, you leave one guy alive for that. Yeah, you leave one exactly. guy for that. Also, yeah. you just take a video of the battle and and upload it to YouTube TikTok. and share it with. Uh, Federation, and they'll Put be it like, on TikTok and do a dance. <laughs> oh no, something happened to Chris. Oh no. I'm just picturing Wayoon, like, trying to look like a hip Gen Z person, dancing in front of whoa, the footage. Whoa, whoa, 
Weiyun is a hip Gen Z person. Fair. Weiyun is every generation. Trying to be. You mean nailing it? Come on. Mm. Come on. Anywho, shit doesn't go well, Chintaka, but everybody survives. Back at DSS 9, and Admiral Ross is like, hey, hey, Benny boy, uh, don't worry, I'll get you a new ship. And uh, (laughs) we'll even, we'll even, you know, make the seat higher for you just because it's, you know. I hope it's an O birth. I hear they've got another Defiant in the Mirror Universe because we've ne- we're never going to go back there. So that plot line all just never getting tied up. <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing though if that's if that was how they flipped the Mirror Universe on its ass. Because a lot of the time the people come from the Mirror Universe because they want something from our universe. But what if we went to their universe and stole the fuck out of their Defiant? That would actually be amazing, Ames. Well, Thank that didn't you. happen, and it's not gonna. So. Damn well, it! <laughs> it should. God damn it! One mirror. Uh, call Iron Stephen Bear, and you tell that blue beard motherfucker he better go back and fix it. <laughs> what did happen, however, is our old friend. What's that fucking dude's name? The priest guy. Uh, so, oh my Sobor? god, I wrote it down. Sobel? So Solbor. Sobor, I think. Yeah, that Sobor. guy. Which is short for so boring, which is what that... his job is: hanging out oh, with Kai Wen every fucking oh, day. Jesus Christ! How hasn't he? you know quit by now but no yeah so um on bajor we got kai win hanging out with uh our good friend anjol aka gul ducat hot um <laughs> gul hot am i right mm-hmm. his, his initial name was gul do not dude so much swagger so much i was so um, into it right, i was well, like we'll okay, wow, okay. we'll wow, wow, so we can watch the swagger Fine. Jake is trying uh, to do something. Okay, I'm thank sorry. Thank you, Jake. You're doing yes, great. Yes, I'm trying to. I'm just trying to get through this. We're so clever so far. Uh, so anyway, they um, yeah. So Anjol and uh, Kai Win are hanging out. You know, in uh, alternating between plowing and reading, uh, drinking wine, drinking it's been a drinking lot of that wine, spring wine, and a uh, lot of fruit. And uh, human fruit. Kai Win keeps asking uh, Solbor for like these forbidden texts. So like he keeps like Kama Sutra and shit. <laughs> and you know he keeps bringing him. he's like you shouldn't be reading this shit this stuff hasn't been read in thousands of years and it's bad news and they open up the the book the the, the book of the coast emojin because because oh by the way now uh she kaiwin figured out in her visions that she's actually talking to the pa wraiths not the pa, not the prophet so Whoopsie. she see how does she so take now this she's, news yeah she she wasn't uh, thrilled well <laughs> she wasn't thrilled about it but then goldicott's like listen our race are better anyway. Fuck those guys. And she's like, you know what? Yeah, fuck those guys. Let's let the Pa race out of the fire caves and uh, everything will be better. It'll bring about the restoration of Bajor. Better Bajor. Bajor 2.0. Uh, so that's why she needs all these crazy books. And so, 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 whatever keeps bringing that shit. So what? And, uh, and but he doesn't feel great about it, so he sneaks in there at night to like take take the books back because he's like, yeah, I don't, I really don't want her to read this shit. It's gross. She won't notice if they're gone. What the fuck, Solbor? Yeah. And as he's like sneaking away with the books, Gul Dukat sees him and gives him, uh, you know, decks him with one punch. Nice. And uh, takes the books back and is like, eat it, bitch. So we're hanging out with old Kai Win and. Next day or so, and Solbor comes in. Oh, by the way, the book of the Coast Emojin, totally blank. Nothing written on the pages. They flip through it. It's like, it's a joke. It's just a joke book. 
Somebody <laughs> put that in the archives. It's like, don't ever open this book. <laughs> well, and fucking Gul Dukat was like, oh, it's blank. This is a fake. It's like, you fucking thick idiot. I don't know. I think he was he was tempted to just blame Solbor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Kill that just, guy. I'm just saying I think he's an idiot. That's what so I'm saying. Wrote this Disagree. Thing, he's not an idiot. Disappearing ink. D- disappearing, reappearing ink. Solbor pops in and is like, hey, Kai, your, uh, your boyfriend here? <laughs> I did a little digging. Did a little DNA scan on this bitch. Guess what? He ain't even a Bajoran. Hey, guess what else? Look at his fucking face, you dumb bitch. Listen it's fucking Goldacott! <laughs> ah, gotcha! Did you not notice the swaggering? So yeah. much swaggering. So so she's, so like, for like the second time in the episode, you know, surprise Pikachu on, on, on Ty Wynn's face. Wait, oh. you're not the prophets? You're the Pa Wraiths? <gasps> you're not the fucking emissary of the Pa Wraiths? You're Goldacott? <gasps> So like she she she's shocked and appalled for all of ten seconds, and then she and remembers that she wants that dick. Yeah, I think and that's then she what just really straight happens. up murders Solbor. Yes, uh, just stabs him because does a little stab a Rooney. Took took your time though. It felt like you know it's like you could feel that it was coming, but you feel like he got a lot of a lot of time where he could have just turned around and run away at any chance, and you know, and he's just 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 standing there. And then, uh, and then, and then she drips some of his blood onto the book of the of the Pa Wraiths, and it lights on fire. But then, when the fire goes out, the all the words are back. It's like a hamburger helper. Just add Solbor blood. Yeah, apparently. Ugh. So now, uh, Dukat and Kai Win have the key to uh, unlock the the Pa Wraith upgrade from the fire caves. That's some I mean, DLC I mean, not content. I mean, not for nothing. But wasn't hamburger helper bad enough without? Making that link, I mean, <laughs> yum. Oh, oh so yeah, these are that very fun episodes for me. Oh, oh yeah, my god, absolutely. it was crazy like, how much wow. happened. Wow, a lot happened, but I feel like, and here's the thing, here's the thing. I feel like they're doing a fairly good job with the pacing and oh, yeah. following yeah. it. Strong pacing. Because I was thinking, like, like just how differently structured a a long arcing like serial plot that goes over several episodes is from episodic episodes. Yeah. And the fact that there, there's a lot, there are 15 fucking plot lines going on at once. And so far, I'm following them. Yeah. Whereas well, especially like a discovery, I follow very few of them. Well, I was going to say, especially when you consider that, like, we've seen these, you know, these writers try to mix a bunch of stories together in shorter amounts of time and it gets lost and convoluted. And some of the times it feels like they're trying to do too much. Sometimes it feels like really this had to be two episodes, but considering, you know, considering all of that. Yeah. I I mean, I think they're doing an excellent job. So because it's like the least important thought I have. Good. I just want to get this out of the way is, uh, I kind of feel like, you know, I mean, it was still not a nice thing to do, but I feel like releasing your old Targ into the wilderness is probably how Klingons deal with their old Targs. Yeah, like I feel, honor. Yeah, like I feel like they don't bring them to the vet to have them put down. Like they send them off to die in glory fighting whatever crazy bullshit lives in the Kronos wilderness. Starving in the rain. Nah, nah, he tried to take out something and got killed. Yeah, he found the bigger fish, as it turns yeah. out. Because there's always a bigger fish, folks. Or a younger Targ. Yeah, it's such hey. an interesting, like, idea of, you know, Martok being like, oh, yeah, yeah, marriage, am I right? 
And we kind of like learn, because I know we were talking about how Worf is a better husband than a boyfriend and a Starfleet officer, but Cisco's the other way around. Cisco's mm. a bad husband. If you're ever, mean, ever playing Mary Fuck Kill, don't marry Cisco. Marry Martok. Mm. Well, Martok, I mean, he's like, he's even like, I know I'm going to lose the war, and he's okay with that. Like, it's glory. He'll find glory. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you win or lose, as long as it's glory. They they must have like the wildest lie. Like even for Klingons, their sex must be crazy, dude. Because hot damn, that man is completely infatuated still. So good for them. Good for them. Uh, yeah, when uh, when Ben was trying to force the whole go bless the expectant mothers or something ceremony, and he started up with oh, and they were asking me about you. My first thought was. Fuck, the Bajorans are requesting Cassidy get pregnant, and I was ready to be very angry. And then it's, they want you to preside over their stupid ceremony. I'm like, okay. Still stupid as fuck, but it's not where I was going, so thank the prophets. That, that I'm honestly like, like that move from him was like, because he wasn't really trying to make her. He was just like... Hey, maybe she'll be into it and I can skip one of these fucking things for once. Now, later on, when he, like, gets her a paid vacation without her permission, that's... No, Ben, don't do not do that. Um, she will join the Maquis again. She, she will. will she will the restart Maquis them. Up again. And their new symbol will just be a big, like, you know, Ghostbusters, no ghost logo, but it's Ben's face. <laughs> oh, no. Um, But he came around, he realized he was wrong, and he apologized and bought her a necklace and flowers i would have loved to have seen the necklace because man that ring was incredible so mm, if he still true. got cork doing his gift getting it is a little weird isn't it don't you feel like amazon would be running like i feel like it, i feel okay hear me out the dominion is amazon i mean <laughs> it's really the only possible explanation you they're mean, like well like... we can get you the best deals in the gamma quadrant and then slowly but surely they took over everything there too you know i don't know uh, it just but i'm my, what i'm saying is like the idea that you would have to be like hey i need a guy who knows a guy that can get me a thing it's like no no i hear the thing we're in the midst of a war i imagine getting luxury goods like isn't impossible but would take a while through channels that aren't quark Whose ass do we think that that bracelet or necklace or whatever had to go up to get to Deep Space Nine? More. Yeah, that's, I knew you were going to say that. As soon as I asked it, I knew you were going to say it. Or I mean, it was in one of his, like, shirt flaps. I mean, nice. things like gems and stuff like that are probably, you know, even today, the gem trade is a fucking disaster. Yes. Um. So it may, I guess that, that situation just doesn't improve. No, no, no. Yeah. Before we get too far from the from the Cassidy... Presiding over this fucking Bajoran bullshit parade, <laughs> I read that there were like two scenes that were filmed but cut because they wouldn't fit into the episode that were related to that plot line. One of which is Cassidy and Kira having a conversation, which you don't see a lot of. That would be kind of interesting. No, it's true, yeah. And Kira tells her the story about how Kira's father, whose name I've forgotten, but I know we've met him. Yeah. Telling the story about how he was not religious, but Kira's mother was religious. So the father would go to services just because he loved the mother, to which Cassidy's like, that's, I want to be an individual. God damn it. This is not my thing. And then the other scene, which I think was cut, although I keep reading it in in synopses, but I believe it was cut, uh, in which uh, Cassidy goes to the blessing ceremony and just kind of like takes it over in the middle of it. 
<laughs> and, do, and does a whole, all right, everybody here, who wants boys? And I'm like, don't want you to do that. Be an individual, Cassidy. I like the idea of her, like, taking it over and doing it all wrong, though. That's true. Fucking it up is technically a way to do it on your own, in yeah. your own terms. Yeah, and that way you never get asked back. <laughs> That's also true. You're right, actually. That probably would have been the, the best bet. It was kind of like that. how that guy purposely named O'Brien his successor so he could fuck it up. So that his unprepared oh, apprentice could, yeah, could step up and prove he was ready. That's interesting. An though, episode as shitty as that, we call back on it so often. Because it's, it's Just, you know, it's, it's, it's a memorable key. shitty. Yeah, and it's key to a lot of what's fucking weird about Bajor. I'll be honest with you. Every time we haven't talked about it, I forget that episode even exists. And then you fuckers <laughs> remind me. <laughs> That's one of my top five of the whole series. <laughs> All right. If it, you're like, and I'm voting for Time's Arrow again. Oh! <laughs> Favorite Deep Space Nine episode? Time's Arrow Part 1. Son of a bitch! <laughs> so, as Caitlin pointed out, the Breen, Breen. proving they change everything in... <coughs> darn it. Oh, no! They change everything in two ways this episode. I don't remember what I said, so... Well, first of all, they bring along their crazy super weapon. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And their presence finally convinces Damar, fuck the Dominion. Is that what I said? Yes. Damn. I'm smart when I'm not on the podcast, actively. It's like, (laughs) wow, you brought these guys along to add their super weapon, and that was going to make everything better, but also it caused a revolution. Yeah. Damar is suddenly... Like, Tamar's always been a kind of an interesting character just ever since they've been, like, they've been building him up and building him up. Has he been? I, yeah. The thing is, like, right now, it's like all of a sudden, Damar is just a super person. And yeah. it's like, suddenly I'm, like, very interested in Damar when I wasn't before. And I'm like, hmm, Casey Biggs, kind of hot, weird, <laughs> didn't expect this. Not, not bad for, you know, because you said, you know, a thousand years ago now. He was like, what? Why are you hiring me for like a yeah. bunch of episodes? Like, we, we got plans. Don't worry. And uh, they yeah, didn't not, have this plan. This was no. not a plan they had. No, no. But like, still like, holy shit. Like I, and, I wrote down which are the writers. One of the writers, uh, Hans Baimler, says way back when, when Ira Bear started having Damar drinking all the time. Hans Baimler says to himself, why is Damar drinking? And that's where all of this kind of unfolded. Because when you think about it, it's like, Damar is drinking because when he stops drinking, he, th- he sees what's going on and his like confidence and his scheming comes out. And I think that's amazing that that's where they went with the character that they had not planned before. Yeah. Well, because it's a guy who, yeah, well, we were talking about this earlier while we were watching the episode, me and Caitlin, like, Damar is a guy who, like, his whole shtick was just, I love Dukat, I'm gonna follow his orders, everything's gonna be great. Then Dukat fucks off, you know, he goes insane because his daughter gets shot by Damar, uh, <laughs> and Damar really doesn't know what to do with himself for a long ass time. Dukat reappears and is like, I'm a friend of the pirates now, and he's like, God damn it. So like Damar fucking serious. Damar has been forced to like finally figure out what he wants. I think a lot of that is when when Dukat does come and say, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to take Cardassia over again. I have bigger fish to fry. Yeah, you should do that. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you should (laughs) do whatever Dukat tells you. But, you know, he he actually (laughs) had to kind of finally 
really take charge. You know, yeah, he was in charge of the Cardassian side of the Dominion, but, and we all knew he wasn't in charge, himself included. Well, so, that's why he drinks. Yeah, well, he's all, he drinks all sorts because of this whole time he's been a true patriot that really believes in Cardassia, but he's had to be a puppet. Yeah. And he's had to watch as all of his rights are stripped away and his country is just like raped of its most important resources, which, of course, in this case is its people. I mean, seven million. And he just people. has to sit there and watch, you know, like, yeah. God damn, if that wouldn't drive any any good hearted patriot to drink. Yeah, the scenes yeah. in which like Damar's talking with one of the many Wayuns mm. saying, you said you were going to help the battle at Septimus Three, where all of my people just got killed. And Wayun says, I didn't say that. I said it would all work out. And it did. They got well, killed. Yeah. That's how it worked I out. Said- That's exactly what he said. What he said was, as we were watching it, he said, no, 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 don't worry. They, their deaths won't be in vain. I swear. And I turned to Chris and I was like, I mean, they're going to die, but oh, it yeah. won't be in vain. You know, like that was what he actually said. Yeah. You know? What 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 uh, what Damar had misunderstood was that the death that had already happened wouldn't be in vain. When right. it's like, no, no, Damar, he means the ones that have happened and the ones that are still coming. <laughs> yeah. He means Dominion- he's going to let them all die, bitch. The Dominion has no care in the world for the resource that is your soldiers. Yeah, no whatsoever. They can just build more Jim Hadar. They can clone more, more a fleet of Wayunes. Yep. Uh, they don't care about the, the person aspect, the number of people they have, because that's something they have control over. Yeah. Cardassians, yeah, kill them all. We don't care. We have people enough. Yep. I did love Wayun's face when he realized his uh, his pseudo immortality has been nipped in the bud. Yeah, that's fascinating. At least for the time being. Yeah, that's a great like. Ah. I could be the last Wayun. Oh God! Even the our last before way unicorn before the coup, when Wayun had to go tell the founder some bad news or another, and he was just like, "I'm sure she'll be fine." And if not, I look forward to meeting the ninth Wayun. Yeah, that was that was a fun little exchange. But yeah, no, it's really like I'm really glad they seated this guy as early as they did, even if they didn't know exactly where he was going. You know. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, I mean, he goes way back. He was started out as just Ducat's buddy. On the Klingon ship, yeah. 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 That so, feels... He even introduced... I can't, he wasn't on the ship with... Um, when they were flying that when they had before the Klingon ship when they had when they were in that freighter. Yeah, I he think, was the guy in the freighter. Yeah, he was. So he was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's really been there a while. Return to Grace. That was the that was the episode. Yeah. Whoa. Good memory. I, I was gonna say I don't know how anyone ever remembers any of these fucking names of these episodes. Like I barely 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 remember the the name of the show we're talking about. I <laughs> and you guys well, you are always- like. <laughs> you can always remember the changing face of evil because it's the episode where none of the changelings change their face at all. Mm. <laughs> yes. Have we seen Odo in a while now? Caitlin said the same thing. I said that, and then we did see him. In the second the second episode of this week, we saw him for like half a second, being like, when Cisco and Cassidy were having a Yeah. A he did apparently direct the first one. He did, yeah. And if it appeared as a power wraith vision for like a nanosecond. Yeah. And, you know, we're speaking of which we're, we're tracking all of these plots. But the one plot that's in the kind of lurking in the background that we haven't gotten a big development on or any development, really, 
is this disease that is infecting yeah. the founders. Like we see female changelings all fucked up. You know, she she cleans herself up what what looks like great effort. Yeah. Um to go and, and negotiate with the Breen, but other than that, you know, she's she's kinda yeah. kind of flaky. A little, little rough around the edges, that one. Um so I mean no doubt that will continue to be a, an important plot point. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. where I give the writers like a lot of a lot of kudos for their pacing is that they're not doing 15 plots at once they're doing just the right number of plots at once and letting the other ones simmer until it's their time which i think is the way to do it you know i thought was interesting just speaking of appearances they've begun to allow for wider variation in gem hadar models um i haven't noticed to sort of show i guess that you know they've got different batches going and they're experimenting oh no not the the alphas again because there's one moment in one of the episodes there's two gem hadar like directly behind either way you and the founder or both of them and one of them is like almost yellow gray instead of the usual like pale gray that one's actually a changeling and there's another who's got like this huge white blaze like that just takes up a huge part of his T-zone and forehead. Like a skunk? Kind of. Oh. Um, but it's a really silly and they haven't, you know, they're not pointing it out. They're not like shining a light on it, but it's just like they're starting to tinker with the Gem Hadar a little. Hmm. I have a great Breen story that I read that I want oh, yeah? to read to you guys because I think it's absolutely hilarious. Let me find it in my notes. Do, do, do. Okay, okay. So here's the joke. The, 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 the end joke that started this episode was, how do you defeat a Breen? You ask him to walk across the room. And here's the story from assistant director B.C. Oh, no. Cameron. We were working on Strange Bedfellows, and it was the last scene of the day. Everybody was tired. We were shooting on the Dominion ship's bridge, and the female shapeshifter was supposed to walk in and be introduced to the Breen commander. So, I went over to a Breen background extra and told one of them, a great guy named Wade Kelly, to walk across the set and go out the door when we start rolling. But the minute we rolled the camera, I realized I'd made a terrible mistake. Poor Wade couldn't see, but he was determined to give it a shot. Oh. And sure enough, he gets to an angled piece of the wall that was sticking out and trips, hitting the wall with a big clunk. Then he tries to see if he can find another way around the thing, but he just keeps going clunk, clunk, clunk. And I'm thinking, (coughs) stop, Wade. Just stop. But he keeps going and he finally gets past his piece of wall and heads for the doorway. But he forgets there's a threshold there and trips over that and grabs the wall, trying to hang on, finally gets out the door. By this time, I can't see him, but I can hear this huge noise like he's ricocheting off the walls out there like a ball in a pinball machine. It was the funniest moment of the whole series. Oh, my God. I hope that I hope that footage exists somewhere. I don't know, but it sounds very typical for Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that those masks like if you look at where presumably the actor's eyes are like they do not have much to see through. There's like, because it's not like a solid like strip of, say, tinted plastic or something. It's like a bunch of little fucking holes. Yeah, plus they got the whole muzzle right Which, in yeah. front of the, their face, extending their, their, their face out so they can't see down. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of a story I read once where like... I'm sure it's the one you told on this podcast before. It's possible. Adam West yep. couldn't see down. 
because of his cowl. Like he said, every time I had to go downstairs, it was a leap of faith. Jesus. Uh, third time we've heard that story. Probably. Is it? I don't remember it, so. Um, yeah, the Breen and their super weapon. Well, no, let's actually just go in order. First, the Breen just showing up and fucking up Frisco. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that uh, was upsetting. That's something else. Um, like, goddamn, you think it wouldn't be that easy to get close to Earth? You'd think, that's true. Like, we know they have those uh, early warning systems that the Borg completely steamrolled. Um, Maybe they used their weapon on all the ships on the way in. Well, so that's the interesting thing. Like, I imagine they mustn't have because no one seemed prepared for it at... Uh... Chintoka? Thank you. Like, I feel like that was a more conventional sort of get in, blow shit up, fuck off. They lost a bunch of ships there, they even said. It's like they were saving that for the Chintoka system, which, like, I guess that kind of makes sense. You just act like you you got normal weapons in one assault, and then when you get to the big one to retake this strategically important place, you're like, oh, P.S., we have an ion cannon. Yeah, but you'd think the Earth assault would be a big assault. You would, but... It Maybe sounds it's kind of like, like that weird plan Martok was doing, where it's run, hit, run in, stir up trouble, and leave. Yeah, and then speaking catch him while they're up, chasing. Hold on one second. Sorry. Sorry speaking of stirring up Dimitri's trouble, Dimitri is noise. clawing at the couch. Sorry about that. You were saying though. I was done. I think we overlapped. You little I apologize. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think it was more. It was. This was about not taking Earth. This was about sending psychological a, warfare. Sending a message. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also the writers showing you. So the Breen, yeah, they're powerful. This is how powerful they are. Yeah, it's like, yeah. hey, remember last week when you were like, what the fuck? The Breen changes everything. <laughs> the fuck is that supposed to mean? Well, let's show them. Let's give them a little taste of what yeah. we're talking about well, here. Well, show, don't tell. I like it. Which was yeah. good. Yeah, well, it's good because if they had really never, like, they had never, like, got back to it, yeah. it would have been like, the fuck did the Breen changes it? What? Yeah, now it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, the Breen. Yeah. We're lucky they haven't tried to take over before. Yeah, really. What was stopping them? Their heads, their helmets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. They walk not into being box. able to get, not be able, being able to get out of doors without uh, concussing themselves. Because I mean, they fucked the whole fleet. You know, when they pulled back, like Klingon ships were on fire. A Romulan warbird was fucked. There were like twelve dead Excelsiors. Like Every that weapon of theirs. and light years exploded. <laughs> yeah, in sympathy, yes. <laughs> yeah, they weren't even actually nearby. No. It was just a no, no, they disturbance just, they, in the force. Yeah. Yeah, it's the most fragile ship in the fleet. So, yeah, no, that was a good way. Because, like, again, we were all like, it does? Oh, fuck me, it does. Oh, so it oh, so it does. Touche. And what's interesting, too, is, of course, we are, we're doing it as sort of a, a unit, whereas back oh, in the God. day, yeah, it was... Yeah, you had to wait for this week by week. You waited a week, and it's like, oh, shit, the Breen hit Earth. That's crazy. You wait another week. Oh, shit, they have a super weapon. So, like, it built more gradually originally for audiences, whereas for us, we just got to go, oh, shit, in a single big curve. Here's a question I have. Mm. So, Damar meets Thought Gore, the, the Breen officer. Yep. And he's just talking static. Yep. Wayun and probably everybody else can understand. And Damar says something to the effect of, I didn't know I'd have to, like, adjust my translator for Breen. Yeah. Which is interesting. And you see later on, Damar understands what the Breen are saying. Yeah. But we still don't as the audience. Why? I I, I like it. I like it. Do you? Yeah. It's a little little Chewbacca-esque. It's kind of fun to not know, to wonder. I mean, and I, every time they respond, I imagine it's just incredibly sarcastic. 
See, I like, hate that it's inconsistent with every single other race, though. Yeah. Every other race, even no matter what they're speaking, the audience can understand. Well, Ames, you know, at the end of the day, it all comes down to one guiding principle, which is the brain changes everything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but these are the rules and I didn't make them. They change everything. I think that has to be this episode's title. The brain change this the brain changes everything? Yeah. I yeah. think that might be confusing considering that was a line from last week. I know, but now we're seeing why. Nah. You know what it is? I think the one reason I'm kind of okay with it is because one hundred percent because of Jeffrey Combs. Oh yeah, his responses are beautiful. Always, yeah. Like and you you there's a part of you that feels like what did the brain actually say? What's Jeffrey Combs lying about? Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. And I don't mean Wei Yun, I mean Jeffrey, Jeffrey Combs. Combs. He 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 threw out the script and made up his own lines. It was very confusing for everyone. Wait, what? I'm kidding. Oh, I was like, I was like, what the fuck? I was about to be really excited. I love a little improv. And, you know, <laughs> a bit much. Uh, did did Jeffrey just say they attacked the Earth? <laughs> well, I guess we have to write that yeah. in now. Make it so. Well, no, but like uh, like in Curb Your Enthusiasm, where there are guiding principles and like there's a line that they want you to get across and, yeah. and such. You know, not necessarily uh, true, complete improv, but even I mean, even real improv, you get input from the audience. Yeah, isn't, yeah. you know, I don't know. So eh. the thing I wanted to start talking about is uh, is my my favorite thing to talk about, which is Golducat. Oh my god, that whole fucking plot was, like, the best part of this. It's so, like, the, the, the scenes with Louise Fletcher and Marco Lemo are some of the best stuff we've seen out of those characters. And Seriously. I'm, 100%. I'm just knocked down by it. It's so amazing. I, I like that they resisted the urge to have her go full evil right away. Oh yeah, like, you could... Her character now, because I, I know I've complained about her characters just being evil in the past, but this character... You can see those decisions being made. You can see yep. the, the the journey that she is on throughout these two episodes, learning like, shit, Kira is telling me to not be a Kai because that's because the problem is my I have too much power. But that's not the problem I think I have. The problem I think I have is I don't have enough power. It's, it's kind of like what I love about it is it makes her a tragic figure in the original sense of the word where like because nowadays tragic comes to mean anything with a sad ending, basically. But originally the idea was it's someone who is brought down by an inescapable character flaw. And that's hers is this need to because you feel like if she stepped down that act, that's what needed to happen. That's what the prophets were waiting for. You know, if she'd step down and live a life of true humility, she could have been saved. Mm -hmm. And that scene with her and Kira was amazing because like, again, Kira's even she, you know, she sees there's a chance for this woman. She hates so much. Yeah. And she is so open and honest with her. You know, she doesn't just be like too late, bitch. She like tries, you know, yeah, she's yeah. so excited. Like maybe you finally got it. And then she realized, no, she hasn't. And that Damn it, you're a too. lost cause. Yeah, and the, the, the look on, on Nana Visitor's face when it's like, oh, you're never gonna get it. You were this Damn close. Oh, so close. Yep. Rats. <laughs> rats. I like it. Oh, and it's great because, I mean, like, I remembered, you know, like, oh, no, this isn't gonna work. But there's a minute where I was like, wait, am I remembering it wrong? Does it work? Nope, nope, <laughs> it doesn't. But yeah, yeah. watching watching Ducat play everything in the yeah. in, like, his classic Ducat way. And he's he's brought because I know like you know when we, when we first meet him as Angel he's playing the meek 
farmer who's like yep. innocent and like just happens to say these words every so often that bring up, you know, all the all the prophecies and shit. To suddenly like, nope, I'm just going to take charge. I have taken charge of everything. And Kai Wynn doesn't even notice that I'm controlling all of this now. Mm-hmm. And she's still like totally there and totally doing her own thing. And it's it's all excellent. Yeah. And then, oh, God, the fucking like, even though she's given in to the whole plan, when she finds out he's got Dukat, the like moment of just abject horror. Mm-hmm. It's like, when I she, have she backed fucked, away yeah. like there was it was really she was it was terror stricken and it I was, have fucked Hitler holy yeah. shit yeah. Long, yeah. Hmm? yeah she, she well, thought no. she got over it right away no but even then she was, was like oh, oh my god I fucked Hitler it was damn fun. the dick is good I fucked <laughs> like, Hitler let, my, let me now murder my my most trusted confidant well, he might have let it continue out. Fucking Hitler. Yeah. If he let it out, though, she'd be boned, and that and that's worse. I mean, she's already been boned. Yeah, I was gonna hey. say, if she yeah. kills him, she can be boned yeah. in a good way. That poor, stupid bastard. Solbor. Like, it shows how. Like, again, like he clearly thought there was hope for his boss, stroke friend maybe he's now obviously never seen a show like this no because it's like as soon as he walks you always wonder about that it's yeah. like as soon as he walks into the room you're like oh dude you're fucked up now like, it doesn't even matter that you're gonna deliver her all the truth she is got you are fucked a sensible person would have gone straight to the fucking vedic assembly with that not yeah tell her. shakar why not tell yeah. everybody well, and cares? especially like you're outnumbered even if it's only the two of them you're a frail old dude they're, you know, middle-aged-ish, but there's two of them, so, you know, That's I don't thing. know. Still, like, you, gotta, you need numbers, is all I'm saying. He still believes in, in that, in where the power is. He still believes the Kai is the most powerful right. one. He believes in the power of the Kai, if not specifically Kai Win, the individual. Yeah. So he thinks he's doing the right thing. Well, and I think for him, he thought surely the trump card of it's Gul Dukat mm-hmm. would be enough to, like, snap her out of it, you know? Which I guess is kind of a fair assumption, but still. Because normally you would expect her to turn around and be like throwing up. Like six episodes from now, she'd still be sitting on the floor of her shower, scrubbing herself. Like unclean. Jesus Christ. Yeah, except. But that person is gone. You don't. Yeah, you don't. If if that's how he felt, he clearly does not know Kai Win. I mean, that whole conversation with Kira, you know, where. You know, Kira's like, oh, wow, you finally come around. You understand that you have to quit being the Kai because you're a horrible bitch and and you fucking are strayed from the path. That's great. Like, Kira, have you met Kai Wynn? You really think, is that how you thought this was going to go? Come on. (sighs) But see, she she realized it, though, whereas. Yeah, Yeah, the amazing thing about Solbor is. So his character was introduced in Till Death Do Us Part, like two episodes ago, basically. Mm. And he was only meant to basically have one line. As oh, like, wow. like Being the assistant to the Kai. Hey, Solbar, go get me that thing. Okay, Kai, that was going to basically be it. But they liked the actor, uh, James Otis, so much that they just kind of like embiggened the character and like let him kind of have his own plot. And I was like, nice, because I don't mm. know what they would have done without him now. Yeah, no, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I really loved how they handled this whole thing, like... It's mesmerizing. Yeah, and she has this huge crisis of faith, and it's, oh, really beautifully done. Yeah, I was also reading an interesting thing about Mark Alamo's portrayal of of Ducat, in that he always 
as the actor, is on Ducat's side and thinks, yeah. Ducat is in the right in this. Ducat's, Ducat's a good guy, or at least an okay guy. And the quote from Iris Stephen Bear is, um, In Mark's mind, I believe he felt his relationship with Wynne was legitimate in some way, and that in some wacky faction, it, it was Ducat's bid for the legitimacy. Mark was actually upset when we had him hit Solbor. Until the very end, he wanted Ducat to be the hero of Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Which is how you must play that, that character. Mm. If he did not play that character like, like that, Ducat wouldn't work. I mean, really, that's how you have to play any villains. kind. Yeah, like villains in general. Like, that's how you have to write them, too. Yeah, like they, it's, they either have to be, you know, convinced they're the good guy. Or they have to sort of understand that people look at them as evil and revel in it. But the latter is better for, like, children's cartoons and comic books. For something that wants to be taken a little more seriously, you need the villain to be the hero of their own story. So, in that sense... Wait, the vi villain to be the, the hero of their own their story. Own story. <laughs> uh, strike, strike that, that reverse it. it, yeah. Does... What is Ducat's, like, what's his aim? Is it just, does he act, so does he actually believe that restoring the Pa Wraiths to the Celestial Temple is going to bring about the restoration of Bajor? I don't like, see why not. And that, I mean, it's gonna, and it's that gonna in least... doing that, the Bajoran people will suddenly just be like, we love you, Gal Ducat. You brought back the true gods of Bajor. I'm going to say yes, because so what we know about the Paw Wraiths from scripture, which I'm sure is incredibly one-sided. Oh, yeah. God damn it, Bajor. What we know about the Paw Wraiths is if you let them out, if they if they win, if Cosmogen had won against Kira that day or whatever the fuck, it would have basically started Bajor over, it sounds like. Mm. And... Starting over with a clean slate and like building it up so that he's in control and making everybody who's who who gets to to be a part of the new Bajor all on Ducat's plate. Yeah. All consistent with what Ducat would want. Yeah, yeah, but does it also like in wiping the slate clean, is that also now, you know, going to like Kill everybody, or well, that's, that's what I would question. assume. It's like, like using yeah. the um, using uh, what's it called, Genesis on a planet that has life on it. Mm. Yeah, it's also like his analogy with um, uh, like um, his quote unquote fields that were not um producing whatever the fuck he was supposed to be farming. If yeah. you were Angel, who he's not, nope. saying nope. All what you got to do is you got to. What was oh, it? Set the fields it, on fire? Yeah, burn it all and start over burn next it all, year. Yeah. Which is which is exactly what Kai Wynn says. Like, oh yeah, I guess that will bring about the restoration. We have to start over. Presumably the Pa Wraiths, if, you know, they're being at all honest, like if they want because <laughs> that's the thing, like like Jake, you said it weeks ago. Like, do the Pa Wraiths actually care about having worshippers or not? Like, we certainly figure they, they'll they use them for now as a convenient tool, but in the long run, do they actually give a fuck once they're freed? And that we have no idea. 
But from Gal Dukat's perspective, what he maybe thinks is they're legitimate, like that they want worshippers even in the long run. And like he seems to think like at least some will be spared, presumably the existing cultists and I don't know, maybe every criminal thief and asshole on Bajor. Like, there would maybe be some population for him to rule over, at least in his mind. Again, we don't actually know what the power rates would do. Like, in reality, they probably, once they've gotten what they wanted, they'd probably wipe out everything they could. But again, we don't know for certain. That's just my assumption. But yeah, Ducat, I think, certainly believes they will leave him something to, you know, Ducat over. Yeah, to swagger, swagger, swagger all over. Oh, God, there was that one scene where on DS9 where he leaves her quarters oh, and he, when he just, goes down the hallway. He just struts. Yeah. Well, as I explained to Chris, that's because uh, he has to walk like that because his dick is so big that if he doesn't, <laughs> he takes himself out at the knees. Like, that's the problem. I did read, which is kind of it's fascinating, but also like there were some weird choices that there's a. An article I read online, uh, the comic book resources that had a ranking of all the best romantic Trek uh, relationships mm. uh-huh. and when and Angel was number seven <laughs> which I well, find hilarious well it is kind of I mean that's the thing it's like you hate it because you know it's bad the whole but time so and they're perfect. very evil they're beautiful together I mean there's this one there was that there was a point where she was like she had her back to him when she was like upset and I don't remember if it was like because she had just found out that about the paw wraiths or what had happened in that moment that was upsetting her but he l- took one of those gigantic fucking hands put his arm around her grabbed her opposite elbow and turned her to face him and I just like bit my fucking lip I was like oh my god stop <laughs> like he's just and the other thing is like uh the more of this we watch, the more I'm just like, you know what? Actually, he looks good as a Bajoran. Ooh. I'm into it. So uh, he's won me over. He's bad. And she watching her come out of her like evil cocoon or whatever has been incredible. Like watching her literally wear her hair, like have her take her hair down or let her hair down. Mm-hmm. And then just just, you know, being like, you know, all that time in Bajoran Bible school. I didn't feel shit. It was all bullshit. I never felt anything. This is all a bunch of garbage. It's funny because in a way, like in those moments where they're just, you know, like in that moment where she's just in the the afterglow of a good fucking <laughs> and they're not talking about their plans. It really does show that if she had just resisted the lore of power, she could have been happy. Yeah. You know, she but could she have loved, been like that power. She could have just been some random Vedic getting some on the side like uh, Burial did. You know, my joke was like, oh, that's been the problem. Her hat was too tight, like the Grinch's shoes. <laughs> She's happy when the stupid hat isn't on. And her heart grew three sizes that day. Just like Ducat's penis. And then Chris made some <laughs> made some joke about her butthole, and I had to try no. to remember the word for of the word for gaping, and it took me a long time to remember, and it was really How ugly. Did you so. that word? Dude, I don't know, because I'm always too focused on fisting. Never, uh, always fisting, see, never fisting gaping. Is the That's other why. Hat. It's, it's the, Jesus. I know. Gape is the yin to, to fisting. <laughs> to fisting's yang. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of fisting, what do you want to know who the number one was on that list? Oh, please. Yeah. Uh, Odo you're and gonna Kira. Be, you're going to be angry. Chris and Time Zero, part one. Worf and Troy. <laughs> Wait, what did you say, Jake? Worf and Troy. Uh, they are, they're pretty high on the list, but the number one was Picard and Beverly. Ugh. What a bunch of liars. Ugh. That's bullshit. Picard and Vash was better. <laughs> that was an They're episode. also on the list. 
They were further down the list. That's stupid. I'm yeah, sad no. that there was there wasn't a Cisco and Yates. It wasn't. They, was, they weren't. There the was fucking... Cisco and Mirror Jennifer, and I was like, That's no. So no. Like to them. be honest, okay, though, this list is completely invalid. Yeah. yeah. But also, though, here's the thing, though. Like now that we've we've reached, you know, the uh, whatever the 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 top tier of relationship status with between Yates and Cisco, and he's just being a controlling douche canoe. Like honestly, I I kind of also no longer really like. The Cassidy and Ben oh, romance. He, he made a fuck up and he realized it. Yeah, but he's I just that. But then him almost him like almost calling off the wedding. Like, I understand That's like the crisis of God told him to. I'm just it, saying God who it doesn't. Also I, to listen, be I understand that, but I don't it doesn't endear the relationship to me. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing is Cisco is kind of the emissary first and anything else after. Yeah. Which is like which makes any, him a hard to be a husband. Yeah. And well, that's like anyone sometimes. who's like a preacher, because I know that like obviously priests can't be married, but there are plenty of um, you know, sects sects in Christianity where you can like be be preaching and be married. I think most of the Protestant faiths allow it. Well, it's because because, the you know, the Catholics were like, no, no, you can't get married. So they were either molesting children or fucking nuns. I mean, not saying that, the you know, it just seems like, you know, kind of a I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. I just, I'm not trying to be political for once. But uh, yeah, so I just I, I kind of feel like, you know, Cassidy must really love him because I feel like she kind of gets the, the shaft in a lot of ways. <laughs> not enough ways. Yeah, Mm-mm. probably not. But uh, yeah, I just and just him going over her head about like her business, and it's like Ben, that was shitty. Yeah, but, and again. hasn't he done that? To him? He's done that to her before. And also, just I don't know. It just seems it's a little toxic, and not not you know not Kaiwin and and Gal Dukat toxic, the but good it's kind of toxic. <laughs> yeah, really. <somehow. laughs> not sexy toxic, just uncomfortable toxic. Uh, uh, man, my my last thought on fucking Picard and Beverly. A okay. better romance was fucking Kirk and the original Enterprise, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, he really loved that ship. I mean, yeah, he was clearly more wrong. upset at the end of Star Trek Three than Picard ever was about anything between him and Beverly. Yeah, you know who is somewhere in the top of, tops of the list is Jadzia Worf, whom we don't have anymore. We have Worf and sometimes a little bit Esri, but also not. And what? Yeah, I'm... Mm. I'm kind of glad that they nipped it in the bud by being like, no, you're right. I I was in love with the part of you that's Jadzia, which I guess is the worm, which is a little creepy. I just kind of wish they'd done this at the beginning of the season. <laughs> <sighs> I, I just know. wish well, they'd they never so done it. But each other. what yeah, I true. wish more than that is that I wish that what we had now wasn't them like in cahoots, like judging Bashir as a potential for Ezri. Like, I unfortunately already know how that ends because I had it spoiled for me at oh, some no. point. But, Caitlin, but boys, I know, but God damn it. I hate yep. it. But the yep. thing is, it isn't even just Esri isn't. I mean, she is bad, but I feel like it's worse when she's got Worf sitting next to her. Like, how can you like that man? He likes dolls. And she's just like, they're not dolls. I, they're I, models. Eh. <laughs> yeah, really. And they're still in the packaging. They're mid condition. See, I like the idea and we'll never see it, but I would have loved to see like Wingman Worf. Like, <laughs> like not, specifically, not specifically for Julian. They just like start going to like, 
you know, clubs and shit on the on the station. And she's like, what about that one? And he's like, meh, meh, I don't know. Ooh, ooh. That man is without honor. <laughs> the transparent skull. In the end, she winds up with really, I think, the only true possible match for Esri. They're on the same level. They'd make perfect sense. Alexander. That's oh, her that's stepson. weird. That's weird, though. That's her stepson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was just thinking of he's like he's literally a child. And no, no, he's an adult now somehow. He's six years old. I mean, Klingon six, it? though. That's true. Uh, I was really just thinking, who's the most Canadian Klingon we've ever met? And it's got to be Alexander. I'm just saying that for for those of us who cringe about Neelix and his two year old wife, uh, Alexander and Esri is not an acceptable. But yeah, no, that was yeah, that but was the, ex- the, ex- the unacceptable stepson. part is that it, it that is Worf's son. Yeah, no, that's that is the weird. unacceptable part. Uh, let's find it, a different. It's, they're both pretty unacceptable, to be honest with you. Like and the thing of it is, though, is I don't know. Maybe I've just seen too much porn, but you know, step step family doesn't usually doesn't seem to matter too much for some reason. It's not like it's her kid, but it just the age difference, the 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 um I'm just kidding. Step family yeah, think, is disgusting, a, but my a, point is just maturity difference. Yeah, hugely. Mm. Well, I mean, but to, to that but to that, her maturity difference from anyone else. I mean, this is like the classic Doctor Who conversation about like, well, it's a, you know, 2000 year old alien fucking a 19 year old human. That's fucked up. And it's the same with uh, with Esri. Like, granted, yes, Esri has her own life and her own memories to some extent. But the worm is in charge and he's, you know, hundreds of years old. So any any person, any being that she, you know, would be with who isn't a trill a joint you know, trill. A joint trill would presumably also be, you know, centuries younger. Um, so you in know, that case, probably. joint trills just can't ever get it on? I don't know. I don't well, no, know. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if we're talking about the maturity piece, well, I think there is the, kind of a thing no yeah, matter but, what. But having, having an old symbiont is not the yeah, same not quite as the being same. mature yourself. Like Ezri is still a mess. Oh, yeah, I hate her. Very immature. God, I don't like her at all. But like. So I don't know. Well, it's a it's a it's a philosophical question. I'm not saying that my my point is correct. I'm just saying it's something you, on, could, you could talk about. That's all. Honestly, at this point in the series, I, just, I don't need another romance. No, not at all. It shouldn't be a thing at all. True. I'm just discussing th- it because unfortunately it's there. Oh, yeah. I think we've been saying like we kind of wish that when Jadzia died. The Dax symbiont just left the show. And maybe showed up in like two episodes. Yeah, but the and fans were revolted. New Fuck the fans. I mean, I agreed, but you know, <laughs> they should have had a new science officer join to replace Jadzia, and it be Diana Muldar for some reason. Yay! <laughs> and um, yeah, you could have you could have written a new character for Susie Plankson. Plaxen, bring Plaxen. her back. As, Pla- sorry, Plaxen. Plaxen, bring her back as a new character and have Worf date her too again. Nice. That would have been kind of funny. Um, yeah, because no, I, already... I say you bring back. I, th- I say you bring back Pulaski, you sh- and then we finally get that romance, Worf and Pulaski. <laughs> they were. I they oh, I forgot that. about the like. We so shipped the that. tea episode. That was so fun. Yeah. I would love that. Not, you know, partially, partly just because I love Pulaski, but also because like they did, they had an understanding and 
listen, if uh, if fucking old ladies was good enough for Ben Franklin, then who the fuck Worf is no better than Ben Franklin. Just saying. Here we go. Here we go. Station, you know, they need a new they need a new Romulan liaison on the station. Call up uh, Denise Crosby and bring in. Sila. Thank you. Wow. Oh, she's so dead. She's dead. Yeah, and it's a terrible idea, but it's also funny. Um, she fucked up one too many times. That's really what they could have done was just made a prominent Romulan or something. That would have been fun. Um, I don't know. On a different topic. Yes. And playing a bit of Ha Wraith's advocate here. Sure. Let's do it. Is this is the moral grayness of this show becoming a little black and white for anybody else with what does that mean? Well, I mean, it's always always felt like certain things, certain characters kind of sit on the fence between the the good and the evil. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas now it's very explicit that Dukat and Kai Wynn are just evil characters. They're, they're just villains now. Well, I, I mean, I think Dukat, has always been like oh, I mean, yeah. he, he was he never been on the darker ed, you know of the gray spectrum he's certainly in the in the darker side of it I'm sorry the obsidian spectrum ah, uh, oh very I-o. good but yes but, you're right like Kaiwin has gone full like cackling evil like I and just yeah, feel I like think- we're missing a little bit of that moral complexity uh, well once you introduce literal devils and, you know, it's like, it, yeah, you do kind of lose a little bit of something. Yeah. And like, to an extent, you know, I mean, where were the prophets during the occupation? Oh, they don't care. Yeah, but being but OK, but this is a problem that I always have had with religion in general anyway, which is thinking that any any that that any person's life is important enough to interest something that is omnipotent. But we're not talking individuals. We're talking about a whole their their entire worshiper base for however fucking long the occupation was. I I always forget. But like, yeah. how are they getting the worship? Like, how are they hearing about it? Do they know about it? Do they get I, they, the, yeah? Because they get the they prayers get the by fucking, the because okay. people have visions from the orbs. I mean, They've got phones okay, to God. But how do like we know that they're not on several different planes in several different universes? Bajor is a fucking ant farm. Like they don't. But really, if you have that much power, how can you care that much a, to 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 be worried about every single one individual? I don't it's, know. It's not just that. It's that a they know how it plays out, and because they're they're out of time, right? So they yeah. they don't you know. It's not a matter of caring or not caring. It's okay. This is just how it is. This is how it has to go. Also, you know, I, I feel like there's a bit of a straw man here, right? Because the the argument is, well, clearly the 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 prophets don't give a shit. Therefore, they're they're evil. But that assumes that the pa wraiths do give a shit. But they don't, or right. they, they only do as far as they've told us. Really, they could also very well be just, hey, we're stuck in these fucking caves. Let's get some some rubes to let us out, uh, and then we'll go hang out in the celestial temple and fuck these bozos. You know? Yeah, I mean, they don't seem very good either. But I mean, the prophets just seem like 
don't the prophets know. are at best amoral. Yeah. The pa wraiths seem to be actively immoral in that yeah. they try to get people to do bad things to each other. Um, and they're very good at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think the other, I don't know. So, you know, the whole thing, it's just, it's starting to seem a little Star Wars <laughs> in some respects that there's, you know, there's a light side and a dark side. And, you know, we're going to have a, we're going to have a big Obi-Wan and, and Anakin fight in, a, in not the volcano planet, but the fire caves, which are basically the same thing, right? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. Who's going to so have the did... high ground? <laughs> yeah, but that hadn't uh, happened yet, had it, in 99? No. No. So. Although it was, that, that whole battle was talked about for s- decades. Like, yeah, I think it was somehow just understood that, like, I don't know if Lucas had talked about it in an interview or something before he wrote the movies, but the idea that he, like, got burnt to fuck during their last fight was sort of just yeah. a known quantity, yeah, at least know, since the early 90s. Because I remember huh. having heard about that well, well before any of the prequels came out, that, oh, yeah, Darth Vader got sick or got injured in a fight with Obi-Wan that took place over a volcano and he fell into the volcano before i heard that i remember thinking as a child that uh i don't know where i got this but i imagined him sort of leading his armies into battle and uh a careless adat driver didn't see him and he just squished him got stepped on that is legit what i thought for a long time your head cannon is horrifying and hilarious it was like clearly the ground was just soft enough that he kind of went in, so it didn't kill him. It just super fucked him up. <laughs> and that's why he's so serious about wearing that helmet, because yeah. you, know, you never know when you get <laughs> helmets save lives, helmet. says Darth Vader. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I think that's just. I, I worry that there's a risk with, you know, the current way things are kind of progressing on on that storyline, on the on the Pa Wraith prophet storyline that it is just kind of going to become the forces of good versus the forces of evil yeah who will win who will reign supreme yeah that does seem to be where it's going certainly and shocking everyone it will be the forces of good (gasps) what fucking spoilers Spoilers. (laughs) and yet is it in the long run Ooh. Ooh. speaking of the forces of good versus the forces of evil Julian and Miles have made themselves a little oh, fort. God, yes, they have. It's incredibly, incredibly silly, and they're they're talking about how what if? Uh, and I'm glad they didn't do this because I told I lean over to Jake. I'm like, if they do this, I will fucking flip all these tables. Where they're talking about what if we had built a moat around the Alamo in our little holodeck program? Would that help? And my thought was, oh God, if they do that, if if they build the equivalent of a moat around the Chintalka system, and it's a whole thing that they figured out because they were playing with their model, I will fucking destroy everything. Caitlin said a very similar thing, except around the station. And then, yeah. and then there was Armin Shimmerman being like, "Hey, what about if we build a moat around the station?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "No!" I did love though, like <laughs> O'Brien getting real about it. He's like, "I just want to win for once, Miles." Uh, and then player Santa Ana, he always wins. Well, that's you know, so that's the thing. It's like this seems like the worst fucking video game. Especially during wartime. Oh, no, you always lose. Like, why would you play the game? Like, I could understand 
once playing the Play game it once <laughs> and like to be like have like oh i okay i've lived <laughs> all right the well experience. that does it i'll never forget the alamo now you know i watched everyone get executed brutally great and then you're done or like you go in and you change the parameters to be like oh you know i could see there being some sort of historical historical uh revisionist uh angle it's like oh if i was commanding at the alamo and i did this 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 and this maybe we could win cake. Which is sort of like kind of what they're talking about with their stupid model. Yeah. It's like, but you have a fucking holodeck. You have the actual Alamo. Why do you even need the model? Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's like you could go in there. I you could tell a, Davy Crockett. In fact, you could just control C, control V, Davy Crockett and just have 400 Davy Crockett's. No, no, waiting. fuck that. You use the uh, use the um, character editor and make him 300 feet tall. <laughs> yeah, there you Yay. go. But but anyway, you know, so. I could see doing stuff like that, you know, making changing the parameters to try and and see if you can eke out a win. But honestly, it seems like they just play the game over and over and over again. And their best idea for maybe how to win is to have a moat. Also, there was already a moat around the model. I think that was just a stream. I think you're saying we could could expand the stream into a moat. Oh, okay. There you go, then. Here's the thing. Between these two episodes, Bashir was back being his normal Bashir self because he managed when 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 Ezri's missing and Quark does this cute little thing of setting a drink out for when Ezri comes back, which we never see her come and drink and True. fucking table flip. Bashir's there yeah, being you're all right. like, Bashir's there being all, but Ezri was so nice and I really think what's that Bashir? Oh nothing. Fuck god damn it, I'm so done with Bashir. Yeah. He he made so much progress. Well, on the other hand, though, it's that you know that's uh, that's the cost of Quark at least not being a fucking creepy sex pest for once. Mm. Him being like, I'm gonna set this drink out because Ezri will come back one day. Instead of being like, I'm putting this drink out because I've secretly drugged it so that when Ezri comes back one day, she wants to like play with my ears and suck my oh, dick or no. whatever. No, no, so no. So it's like a step up for him to not just be like, you know. I'm going to sabotage her relationships and be a fucking creepazoid so I can fuck Ezri. So uh, you're right. Like, you know, shame on you, Bashir. But, you know, Quark, good job for being a little more acceptable as a person. I did like the face fucking O'Brien made at the end. Like, oh, Jesus, fucking bastard. There was a scene that was cut, evidently, between O'Brien and Bashir, in which O'Brien would basically say, like, okay, Julian, if you actually do want to go for it with Ezri, just... Be a fucking person about it, because ever since whatever that episode was with her parents that I had to deal with, I kind of think of her as a little sister. Oh, it's like, sure, sure, O'Brien. So this, is this is this knowing about that? Is that what made you think that? Uh, wait, no. Who said that Ezra should fuck Alexander? Was that you? Never no, mind. Not, definitely not. Never me. mind. Nothing to do with Ames. Yeah. Well, as soon as I said it, I was like, wait a minute. Ames would never say that. That was my terrible idea. Ames would never say that shit that I had not fully thought through before I said it. That's all right. Alexander should be shot. No, probably probably already has been. Oh, (laughs) listen to you, Mister. I like Alexander. All of a sudden, no, I said it a while ago. I like adult Alexander. No, I know. I'm just kidding. I like fucking perennial fuck up adult Alexander. Yeah, because it's a joke, and you love things that are jokes. (laughs) He's sort of like uh, what you think maybe Tina from Bob's Burgers would kind of grow up into. Yeah, kind of. Sort of like a awkward, adorable thing. But he's not. He's Alexander, and he's the worst. There was a good joke that I did like that our new, f- my new favorite character says. So this is Gul Rus- Rusat, who is um, Damar's friend. 
uh, is watching Damar doing all his plotting, and he says, "All this plotting in secrecy. What are we, Romulans?" And I was like, "I love you." He's saying what we're all thinking. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, have you met Cardassians? Like, what are you kidding me? Uh, Obsidian Order, anyone? Come on. Well, see, the Obsidian Order's plots are way less complicated than Romulan plots, which is why they actually work sometimes. Are they, or do they just feel that way because Garrick lulls you into a false sense of? This, oh, no, this Garrick's, should actually make sense. Garrick's plots are insanely complicated, but actually work somehow. Hey, speaking of Garrick, where is Garrick? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we'll we haven't see, seen we'll any see of Garrick. Soon. I hope Good. so. Because we're almost back. done. And I mean, like, again, between the, the lack of Garrick and the the Darth very minimal amounts of Odo. Yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, it's actually in a way I'm going to, I was about to complain, but now I'm going to say that it's refreshing. Usually what happens is, you know, a relationship starts and we never hear from the woman in the relationship again. And in this case, this relationship has started and we're hearing from Kira all the fucking time and is the man that has disappeared. So, you know what? I I mean, I still want more Odo, but at least for once there is there is some maybe some justice. I don't know. We're also going to get more some Odo equality. very soon. And I think you'll be ha- oh, I think you'll be unhappy and then happy and then cry. Oh, no. Don't tell me that. Because of Odo. Well, I know, but I don't want to cry. Oh, not, no, no, I won't oh, spoil anything no. more, but we will see more Odo. We have also not seen a lot of uh, Jake lately. Jake's right here. Hey. Uh, who I, realized, I don't know what else happens with Jake. Uh, I was saying to Caitlin, you know, there's one shot. It's like, man, when he's not in like, in this costume, you finally see like Mark Alemo oh, gives Sherlock Lofton a run for his money on sheer amount of leg. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> a he's a lanky motherfucker. I was like, oh, girl, there was one shot where it was from behind. And I was like, in this way, you don't have to see his face. It's perfect. He's all those legs and just a little bit of trunk and that that butt. Oh, shit. It was really good. Damn. Yeah, no, wow. I was in. I was. I was drinking him up. He was yeah, a tall was. glass of water today, and I was I, like, yes, very tall. please. I loved his he shoes. Got exceedingly tall. Yeah, they were good shoes. shoes. They're dressing him pretty well for a simple farmer. <laughs> like, I mean, you can't see much of the shoe itself, but you can see the toe cap. It's just it's a really nice shade of like. It's like mer- red. It's, it's like almost a, like a, a light uni. burgundy. It was very yeah, nice. It is nice. It's good. He looks good. Listen, wow. I think he always looks good. So. I, like I said, I only am just, I'm just finally coming around to Bajoran, uh, Bajoran, uh, Gold Ducat, but. It's just, it, all the costumes they've had him in before, it was never clear just, like, how gangly he is, you know? Because, like, the Cardassian stuff made him look bigger than he is, the, uh, and even that, like, coat he was wearing as, like, Pa Wraith cultist Ducat was, like, big shoulders and kind of long, so it, you didn't realize how far up his legs went. Plus, you know, usually when he's being a Cardassian, just can't stop, can't tear the eyes away from that neck. Mm. What is Jake doing right now? Jake uh, is doing Italian fingers. Kisses. Italian. Doing Italian why? fingers. Was Chris being Italian? Is that no, why? No, I don't know. I just, I just, I, I saw my hand in the frame and I would just happen to be doing this. I thought I you were like, doing a, a beard, beard pull. Alamo, he could be Italian. That's kind of a, that could be an Italian name. Hmm. Oh my god, he played Iago once. Ooh. I bet that. Ooh. Oh god. Want. All right, listen, stop. I can't. Uh, <laughs> I can't. Sorry, I was looking I was looking at his uh Wikipedia entry to see if he is in fact Italian, but it does not say. Alemo. Oh, it seems Italian. Yes. One more thing cuz I know this uh, a minor thing that Jake brought up while we were watching is so we're here doing the Chintoka battle and Kira's here again and yep. Jake specifically oh, yeah. says why is Kira here? Yep. Yeah, she keeps ending up 
in a situation where she has to fight the enemy of the Federation despite Bajor having a non-aggression pact with the Dominion. Like, yeah. Uh, this seems like a, a serious conflict of, uh, yeah. And I get, like, now that Jadzia is gone, they don't have anyone that can fly the Defiant, apparently. So, so that's. <laughs> oh, no. Like, couldn't you have Nog do that? Yeah, you'd think so. Makes a little more sense. Doesn't Worf often do it? Well, maybe he doesn't. No, he, doesn't. he commands. I don't yeah, think he ever see him. Yeah. Yeah. When Ben is I don't know if you want Worf no. ramming speed. Ramming speed. Dr- at, the, at the controls. <laughs> Worf R. Rojenko. The R stands for ramming speed. <laughs> Commander Worf, uh, there's a, a Romulan ship that's that's between us and the enemy. Ramming speed. Cute. Worf, we need to we need to leave the docking bay. Ramming speed. Well, shouldn't we just open the door? Hold on, let me let me call the guy. Hey, we need ramming speed. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Jesus Christ. Oh, and one more thing about the Breen is that so they they live in their little refrigeration. Oh, yeah, seats, yeah. And Wayun is talking with who the fuck knows who. I think himself. Demar. Uh several Wayuns. And he's like, man, so you'd think that the Breen homeworld would be cold, and that's why they need their refrigeration suits. But no, the Breen home Breen homeworld is temperate, and the Breen are just super into it being cold. <laughs> And you know I'm is? interested in that. I don't know why, but I found that interesting. You know what it is? Uh, it's uh, nope. That doesn't make sense. I was gonna say it's like that stereotype of old people, but they're they're always cold. They always want it warmer. So that doesn't make sense. Well, See, all the brainer just, old people. Maybe they are woolly. You know. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe on their home world they they go naked, but you know they can't do that around in mixed company because they're huge dicks. Mm-hmm. So they uh, have to suit up. Yeah, but if they just wore pants, they'd get too hot. They'd yeah. sweat through them like like that. So they have to have the refrigeration shoot, suit. I mean, I'm down for this headcanon. I accept. I accept it. It's a considered accepted. I was joking earlier, but I really hope that that actually was something Combs made up, and they just let him keep it in. <laughs> I yeah, I enjoy Jeffrey Combs a lot. We Jake and I are are finally doing a Babylon Five uh, watch. And Jeffrey Combs pops up in an episode. I'm like, oh, nice. Yay! Oh, I didn't know that. I saw He's a handful of episodes. in it. But I did not see that one. Of course he is. Man, we really should. I'm saying, I'm telling you, we should watch it. We should watch that show. I'm sure we will at some point. But I mean, we should do it for the show. No, I understand. I mean, there's, there's a lot episodes. of Star Trek. Oh, sorry, that was a cold chill. There's a lot of Star Trek uh, actors. To go, yeah. I know, but I mean, I've already accepted that this Still is my life for the made. rest of my life. Like, I, I've accepted that this is the that this show will probably die when I do. You know, like that's kind of how, or at least for me, it will be at that point. Maybe you do replace me, but I, like, I feel like I will be doing this show for the rest of my life anyway. I might as well just admit it and get on with it. <laughs> In fact, that's that's my question. When we're when when finally all of Star Trek has been canceled because of something Berman does, we'll be very old. <laughs> do we go to Farscape or Babylon Five first? Oh, uh, that's Stargate a question. Oh, well, there's so much Stargate. Yeah, that's, the the, oh, God. Yeah, well, no, I know God. that would just take. I mean, there's let's see. So how many seasons are there? I, th- of I, th- I was going to say Trek? we start with whatever has the least number and then build up. Mm-hmm. No, so I was gonna say, we, we, we already did uh, Firefly. <laughs> well, but I'm saying like if Babylon 5 has five seasons, but Farscape has 20 and 
like whatever the other one was. What did you say? Farscape? I already say that. Uh, yeah. The other one. Stargate. Yeah. If Stargate that, has, has roughly what? So they, 2,000 episodes. So, All right. SG1 so that'll be last. 10 seasons. <laughs> Atlantis has, I think, six seasons? So much. Is that the so one? Much is that the show that's been done with the, uh, with the, the, hen, um, Henson Company Muppets no, that's and Farscape. Yeah, that's Farscape. Farscape. Oh, I would like to start with Farscape then. As I would really Good. like to I see Farscape. It. When are we going to watch Lex, though? I don't know what that is. Know. Yeah, that no, show's terrible. No Lex. no Lex. So, anything else from anyone on this? Uh, just my, my biggest note, swagger time. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 swagger time. Da, da, da. Yeah. Well... Well, speaking well. Of, speaking of swaggering, <clears throat> we're going to swagger on out of here. Time for us to swagger on out. Thank you, as always, for joining us for A Star to Steer Her By. Be sure to join us again next week when we watch two more episodes of uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine as we edge ever closer to the end. We'll be watching When It Rains and... I spelled it wrong. I'm sorry. T- it says tacking. Tacking into the wind? It's a sailing yeah, it's term. it's a sailing term. Oh, okay. I was like, the fuck does that mean? Okay. Well, we'll learn what that means, maybe. Probably I not. I literally have only heard of it because of a Piers Anthony book. Which one? Oh, I don't remember. I read it in sixth grade. Tacking into the wind. I feel like That's everybody cool. has a sixth grade Piers Anthony book. My first Piers Anthony book was sixth grade as well. Well, I was assigned it. And it was rock in a hard place. I'm sorry. You were assigned Piers Anthony in yeah. high school, middle I, school? So our We've teachers... We've established that Chris had a terrible okay, curriculum. Okay, but here's the thing. Piers Anthony's books are filled to the brim with smut. And they assigned you as an 11-year-old one of his smut-filled horrible sorry, books. Sorry, I say sixth grade? I meant seventh, but still. Regardless. Oh, sorry, you were 12. Well, that's bad. Uh, yeah, God. no, the, the teacher said just just go to the library, get anyone you want, and come oh my back God. on it. Oh, that's, that's different. It wasn't like it was on the list. Yeah, no, this no, was... No, but if they said go get a Piers Anthony book... I'm not going to lie. I actually... I, I happened... Again, I don't remember the title of it, but I found one that was relatively smut-free. Or you were just too dumb to get it. Like there was some toplessness at one point, I think. Ooh. Oh, no. Titillating. Anyway, Tits. sorry, I, I got us off course. Tacking into the wind. Tacking Titillating into the wind. Tacking into the wind. Tacking into my titties. I don't know what that means. It sounds painful. You know, if you need to, uh, if you want to stay satisfied, full and satisfied with the start of Steer by between now and next week, though, there's... um. 229 other episodes uh, that you could check out and you can get to those by, uh, well, I mean, you found us once, so presumably you know where to find us again. But uh, if you want a different idea, you could go to SoundCloud or Spotify, Stitcher. We're on Google and Apple Podcasts. You can also check out some of our other media type stuff. Uh, we're on Facebook at A Star to Steer Her By. We are at SSHB Podcast on both Tumblr. Tum- Tumblr and Twitter. And you can also visit uh, our website, sshbpodcast.com. As usual, this has been Caitlin. This has been Jake. This has been Chris. And this is always Ames. We'll see you next week. Build a moat. Build it. Why doesn't somebody build a moat around Deep Space Nine? (laughs) 